0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NFL is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. So head to BetOnline.ag today. To take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, this is uh, Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. Today is Monday, December 7th, 2020. So glad that you're with us. This is Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. And today we have a very interesting show. Where we're going to be talking about HBO Max, which is the streaming platform for uh, HBO or Warner Media, which is owned by AT and T. Uh, but it essentially includes Warner Brothers Studios, DC Entertainment, and uh, a host of other um, studios and projects. But essentially, over the last week, HBO announced that. Its entire slate of 2021 films would be distributed on their HBO Max platform, in addition to having those same films uh, go through a traditional theatrical release uh, for I think it was like 30 days. And I don't know if there's going to be a formula there in terms of if the if the film is has so many uh, people attending in person, then maybe it might be. Uh, last longer than the theater, uh, that sort of thing. But ultimately, there's going to be a, um, a theatrical sort of release going both towards the streamer and towards the uh, traditional theatrical release. And uh, this follows a host of other deals uh, that were done recently between theaters and studios, where I think there was going to be like a 17-day window with uh, Universal, uh, Netflix, obviously, I think it was a year ago, purchased the Egyptian Theater, or within the last year, anyway. Um, there is just a lot of movement here uh, when it comes to uh, sort of streaming, and I don't think um, that uh, we can overlook uh, the sort of current, uh, you know, situation in this country and around the world with regard to uh, people, people having access to uh, theaters as to why HBO Max is doing this. So there's a few takeaways that I want to have from this. And uh, there's an article that I've written on this topic as well that you can check out on Sports Radio America. But um, essentially, uh, this is, I think, um, not really... It's interesting. It's a bold move for, for HBO in the sense that uh, they're the first ones to really do it, and they're the first ones to say we're skipping in a theatrical window altogether in the sense of we're going straight to stream, and we're going to have a theatrical window, but it's going to coincide with HBO in uh, the in the HBO Max stream, right? Whereas the other ones with regard to Universal have done things to where they've gone, okay, we'll, we'll have this 17-day window, and maybe it lasts longer for 10-pole films, right? That was the deal that was think made uh, in November, where HBO is basically saying no, we're going to do this simultaneously. And obviously, Netflix has done it to where because they want to be considered for, um, um, you know, the award season. They've worked out a deal with the Academy that you know they'll they'll have it on their streaming. They won't have it on the streaming platform for I think it was like seven or fourteen days or whatever it was. I think it was seven days. They would have traditional theatrical distribution. Now, this is a big deal for folks who are listening that are not, um, let's say, entertainment experts or maybe lean more towards the sports sort of or media aspect uh, in terms of listeners for the show. The interesting thing here is that, you know, for the longest time in Hollywood, uh, the theaters held such a strong uh, sway over the studios in terms of you know, they were essentially like, you know, you have to distribute our films. And this is partially why the Paramount Decrees happened back in um, the early part of the 20th century. And now, now of course, those Paramount Decrees are essentially non-existent at this point because people don't consume films the way they did in the past. It used to be that everybody went to the theater. That was the only way they got it, and that was it. And then later on, it was, you know, essentially you might have, Chance to watch it on television later on, and later on it was like, okay, then maybe you could have a DVD to watch it. And then, of course, streaming changed everything. So, this is a big deal, and uh, it's a big deal that theaters are also agreeing to some of these changes. Obviously, HBO um, took this gamble, took this bet by you know having a streamer uh, simultaneously go through the theater. And it's not known whether they actually worked out a deal with the movie theaters or not, or how they're going to react to this. Uh, But I'll give them a lot of credit for being bold and doing this because I think that it's a smart decision. And we'll get into why that is. So it it has been interesting, right? During a year where, um, you know, we have a lot to reflect on and a lot of lessons can be sort of learned. I still think that uh, there's a lot of business business truths that are out there, um, and particularly with regard to number one, change is always certain, right? You have to be able to adapt. Number two is that businesses, conti- you know, essentially must continue to meet the consumer where they want to be met. So the sort of Bill Gates inspired, who originally said "content is king," uh, which was uh, transitioned into a quote by Jonathan Parleman. He was over at ICM uh, Partners, a uh, entertainment agency in Hollywood here, and he a sense, he said, content is king, but distribution is still queen, or st- is queen, and um, and she wears the pants. It's sort of this funny quote that really goes to the heart of that, you know, content is great, but you have to have a place to distribute it. You know, if you write the greatest piece of content, but nobody ever knows about it, well, then, you know, what value is, is there in that in terms of people consuming it other than... The fact that you've written a great piece of content which you know could be great to you but it's really not great for the consumer right so um with at&t owned warner media which again owns warner brothers and dc entertainment all these films are going to be coming out in 2021 on the streaming platform which includes matrix 4 includes 1984 uh i think it's wonder woman 1984 and a host of other films will be coming out on this and the key thing to this is going to be how are other studios going to respond. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if other studios followed suit and did the same thing. Now the question becomes, will the change be a permanent one? Will the change to have films distributed through a streaming and a to complement a theatrical distribution, will that be a permanent one? I think the answer is Yes. I think uh, we've mentioned earlier the recent agreements between movie theaters and studios, Netflix perching the Egyptian theater in Hollywood, uh, the growth of Amazon and its studio, uh, and its uh, uh, its idea of releasing its films on Amazon, particularly the Eddie Murphy comedy and Coming to America, uh, the second Coming to America, which is a great play on words, by the way. You know, Everybody knows the first one was Coming to America, T.O., and this one is going to be coming to America. So anyway, I thought that was kind of uh, a nice little um, way to, uh, to do that. But I think uh, obviously the streamer platforms, there's a streaming platform at nearly every Hollywood studio now. So all the distributors have mm-hmm. one. And I think that all leads to the point that the path is pretty clear, mm-hmm. that an open streaming space is now complementing theatrical windows. I don't think that's going to change. And I know there's a lot of folks out there who are probably upset at this. They probably think that, um, and maybe rightfully so, that uh, this is going to destroy movie theaters. But I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, change does occur. And I think you have to adapt. And I think, as we'll get into, I think the theaters are going to benefit from this too. And I think that they have. So. Um, Again, I think the open streaming space is now complementing theatrical windows, and I think Warner Media made this decision to go the way of distribution by internet. Knowing, um, which is interesting, they did this knowing that one, there's an imminent vaccine that was just approved for distribution in the United Kingdom, and two, that nearly all of its 2021 slate of films, blockbusters, tentpoles, and everything else, will be released after the flu season. So this is going to be in, you know, March, April, May, June, and then going into the summer, right? Uh, and which, of course, in the spring and summer months, you're more likely to have theaters being opened again, in addition to the vaccine, right? So it, it, it kind of, it raises that, you know, timing's a, a, an important thing here. Warner Media made this decision knowing that. Uh, they were unlike other studios in terms of sort of the wait and see approach. They said, nope, we're going after it. We're going to distribute our films. We're going to meet consumers where they're at. I mean, I think that's powerful. And, you know, Warner Media is betting that consumers will want films now, prefer the now delivery option for the future. And again, I think that's a good bet because that's where consumers are at. That's where consumers were going previously to the pandemic. And that's where they've clearly gone in an exponential way uh, during the pandemic. Now, another business truth, I think, is one. Um, the, is that once something changes for efficiency, it rarely it rarely goes back, right? This is the, sort of related to the old adage that uh, once government gets into something, it really gets out of it, right? If government taxes you, it's rare that uh, the tax is going to come back or uh, or disappear. Although that just happens sometimes, and taxes do lower and go up and down. But I think in business generally, when something is made for efficiency, it really changes back. So. I guess it begs the rhetorical question or maybe, you know, uh, a a straight question of uh, does anyone expect that HBO Max, the theaters, uh, other streamers and studios will stop showcasing their films on their streaming platforms, even when theaters open completely and fully? I think the answer to that is no. I think HBO Max is continuing to do this and I think other studios are going to follow. Now, I think this is also evident by the fact that many theaters have closed. I think the mergers between theaters and the great distributor giants are showing that there's a struggle to survive. Uh, There was already a decrease in theater going prior to the pandemic, and it's because the availability of streaming, the availability of owning a film, watching it from home at any time, having access, I think is a big deal to people. So the result is you need to adapt and you need to find ways to find a profit from streaming distribution uh, through a cut in those subscription and video on demand revenues. And I think theaters have done this. Matter of fact, uh, in the article that was run by Variety, it showed that ultimately that because of the, uh, this sort of added distribution uh, going by way of streamer, that the theater um, distributors will be actually getting a larger percentage. Usually, it's 60 percent. I think they was going to get 65 percent now. Uh, that's probably not across the board with every with every studio, but it's something to keep in mind. As a theater, you look for additional revenues, right? Well, why not take a cut? Saying, "Hey, you're cutting into our profits from a standpoint of you're going straight to streamer to complement the theater. We'll give us a cut of those profits. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, of course, uh, there's always going to be film lovers that enjoy seeing newly released films on the silver screen. I myself love going to the movies. I have great memories in the movie theaters watching wonderful films. That all being said, it's nice to have a choice. It's nice to be able to watch a film at home uh, with a home cooked meal or all the delivery options. Now, Um, you know, it's nice to have that uh, amongst family and friends. And you know, and frankly, let's be honest, it's nice to be able to stop and control the start of a film. Um, especially if you have a bathroom break or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, getting more food, whatever it might be. Um, and also you have more control over sort of crowd effects, right? So it's obviously the theater is a great thing. It's great to be in a theater, watch a movie with sort of the big screen and even being around other people is amazing. Sort of love that, you know, love that aspect, but it's nice to have a choice. And I think for too long, the theatrical window has been a sort of been a rigid and unchanging process. And it's nice to see some change in that department. Uh, and I think, frankly, this follows people's consumption habits. People's, you know, habits have changed, um, which is sort of based on another truth in business and that consumers are willing to pay for more convenience. So, for example, if you had the choice to pay, um, You know, let's say a couple extra dollars to watch a film early, would you do it? Absolutely. And if you could do it at the comfort of your home, absolutely. Uh, How many times, you know, uh, you have to sort of wait for some of the crowds to die down to go into a film, uh, particularly because the lines are too long to go see it? Wouldn't it be kind of cool to pay a few dollars extra to watch it from home? Of course, you'd do that. I think a lot of people would. Now, of course, an additional aspect to this, Change and some of the stuff that's going on with HBO Max and in Hollywood in general with regard to distribution and having this sort of complementary theatrical distribution uh, via stream, uh, or whether you're having a shortened theatrical window with the which was the Universal model, um, you know HBO's model is obviously just going straight to stream, but it's complementary because they're not getting rid of theater; they're just saying we're going to go straight to stream and have theater uh, as a complementary option, or. Vice versa, however you see it. But the funny thing about this is that from a business perspective, WarnerMedia and other studios are making um, you know, money uh, when it comes to the subscription model. So uh, their content distribution is far more predictive for revenue generation than one based on theater going, right? Because streamers know how many subscribers they have. And they collect that revenue regardless of whether you watch a particular film or television series. And by releasing a film or new television series, all you do is increase engagement on that platform. And of course, with social media and everybody talking and sharing information about certain series, it obviously increases engagement, right? Now, of course, I am sure, and it's been reported that there are some agreements with talent producers and partner studios uh, that are based on streaming numbers. Essentially, you get paid by streaming. You know, if you have a high level of streaming, um, you know, ultimately pop, you know possibly get paid more. But at the end of the day, the amount of consumer streaming has increased across the board, not got down, not gone down since uh, the, its inception. Uh, whereas theater going had gone down, so it you know I, I think this is a business decision as much as it's sort of meeting consumers where they're at, sort of following with the times. The other part to this is that streamers are owned by the studios for the most part. You know, basically, if you have a streamer, you're using your own content from your studio to to place content on that platform, you know, um, whereas if you could also have an Amazon, which, you know, licenses other properties um, or a Netflix, which licenses other properties. But for the most part, um, you know, your your streamer is going to be streaming your content. And I think we're seeing a little more diversification of that, right? Which I think leads to another, I think, business and investment truth. They always want diversity of assets, investments, and revenue streams, right? So theatrical streaming distribution is just another revenue stream for studios and talent, producers, and partner studios in theater chains, especially if they're taking a cut of the subscription model and of the money coming in from the subscribers. And I think maybe most importantly, consumers like it and they welcome it. I think regardless of what tradition says, I think consumers like the ability to have choice. They want to be able to choose, be able to have quicker access, uh, more streamlined um, access, pardon the pun, but uh, I think it makes sense for the context here. And it's unlikely that we're going to see consumers complain that they get to watch films from home. They can watch them at any time, uh, whenever they want, and it's possibly going to help them save some expense money too, right? So, it's a bold move by HBO Max, but I also think it's a smart move by HBO Max. I think they they see where the consumers are going. I think they see that uh, this is something that consumers want, and as long as they can get theaters on board and get theaters to take a cut of the process, which I don't think they'd complain, um, if they, especially if they're getting a the cut of it. But um, that's where we are, and. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes. So I I think it's a bold move by HBO max, but it's also the smart move. And it's something that I think they're following the times. And, um, and I think it's likely to, uh, have other studios follow the same model. So we shall see. But again, folks appreciate listening in. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This has been another episode of believe in sports law via the Believe podcast network, where we talk about the, um, biggest, uh, topics in uh, entertainment media and sports and always appreciate you listening in wishing you a wonderful holiday season uh, Merry Christmas happy Hanukkah happy New year' be back with you next week and looking forward to that occasion thank you so much bye